0: How are we all doing out there? Welcome back to episode Four. 34. Number 34. Of yeah. F&I Rap Chat.
1: I'm Paul Butler-Lennox. Are you?
0: <laughs> are are <laughs> the ar- No, I thought I was. Huh? The artist formerly known as uh, Paul Butler-Lennox. Uh, I
1: just want to see if people recognise our voice at this stage. Oh, no. I am Paul Webster.
0: Uh, yes, he is. And I am also Paul Webster. Uh, and this is, like we said, episode 34. Today we have... Um, yeah, uh, a very recognisable face, first of all, and voice, yeah. uh, really, really wonderful actor and performer and improviser and drama facilitator uh, by the name of...
1: Gary Cook. Gary Cook. Yeah. Um, Probably m- most recognisable from Apre Match, uh, so fans of that show, this is a real treat. Uh, but we also get to hear about his whole career as an actor and... Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun chat with him. Yeah, uh, you,
0: you you can probably, <laughs> probably guess what, what, what it would would be like to be in the studio with someone like Gary who does the type of work that he does. And it is as fun as you'd imagine. Yeah, we were
1: in stitches, <laughs> so <that> was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you shouldn't have that much fun. Um, so, yeah, he's great. We're F&I knows... Um, For those of you who are around uh, in Kerry for the Kerry Film Festival. uh, Killarney? In in Killarney. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we have a speed networking event, which we're running in collaboration with the Kerry Film Festival and Maeve there. Um, Friday
1: 19th of October. Friday
0: the 19th of October. Yeah, it's going to be a late enough one, so I think it's like 10 o'clock in the evening. But it's a great opportunity if you're down and you have some mates with you.
1: After watching all the movies, it'd be good.
0: yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, get out. Uh, come along. Um, there's tickets available uh, on the uh, on the uh, Kerry uh, website and the event event uh, event bright page. So that one always gets you yeah. Eventbrite. Uh, uh, event bright. <laughs> so yeah, come along um, if you're down. Um, it's a really good. We'll just get everybody chatting to each other. Um, that's kind of what it, what these things yeah. are about. We'll also be doing a couple of podcasts yeah, down there. Festival. So yeah. Yeah, you know, come along. We'd love to see you.
1: Uh, buy me a coffee. Okay. Uh, <laughs> F and I. I was thinking about this It's actually not really about Buying us a coffee When guests come in The least we can do Is buy them a coffee um, mm-hmm. So if you want to Help towards the cost You know uh, Might even be able to Get them a bun Or it an eclair Yeah Or, or, a, or a Chester or slice Fancy
0: So yeah If you want to support us uh, Please go along to uh, www.buymeacoffee.com Forward
1: slash FNI And as we're not subsidised, we'd really appreciate your support. Yeah. Uh, last week we had Sarah Dillon on. If you haven't listened to that one, uh, it's definitely worth going back. Just to get someone's perspective, uh, someone who reads scripts and she really knows her stuff about structure. and uh, Someone who worked in the f- in Screen Ireland for so long and now doing the rap fund. It's great to hear that perspective just on... Uh, the do's and don'ts and mm-hmm. how to prepare your application. One of the things kind of stuck out for me was talking about, um, you know, put some time into your writer's notes and your director's notes. For some readers, it's the first thing they look at. Um, don't think it of think of it as something just to waffle.
0: Yeah, it's not an afterthought, you know. Yeah,
1: it's an opportunity to sell your your project, your idea, and why you want to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, always good to go back to, to plug the older episodes mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, go back, listen, share, subscribe All of those lovely things Yeah, oh yeah, we got uh, <laughs> I only realised that you can look at reviews I only found the reviews on iTunes There recently, so we had a lovely one from there from a few months ago oh there's a couple there uh, so yeah it, uh, it always helps um, rating and reviews and putting stars wherever you listen to your podcast we really appreciate that
0: yeah so give us a you know don't be afraid to tell us what you think we want to hear you can drop us an email on uh, fnirapchat at gmail.com if you'd like to do it privately and if you've any suggestions of anything you'd like anyone or anything you'd like us to kind of uh, bring in or explore let us know
1: okay so yeah we'll go to Gary Kuk. Hello, you're very welcome into uh, the studio here, Gary Cook. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming in. You're very, you very good. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Um, you're already
0: talking like you're bored. Um, that is that remains to be seen. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk about let's talk about your life. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know... Why Gar- did you put on that voice? Let's talk about your life. Let's talk about it's your pu- life. If I can just pop you up here on the... Uh, <laughs> on the old, uh, city there, if you just lie down and... Um, That's yeah. Paul's mammy voice. Yeah, it's my mammy's voice. Yeah. Oh, he's very good. I like him. He's very funny. He's very good. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, tell us about... Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Gary is, a, uh, is an actor, a performer, a writer, um, an improv guy... Um, and we're very lucky to have him. So you're very welcome along to FMI thank Rap Chat. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Uh, how are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm, I'm grand. Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't know what more to say <laughs> beyond that. I'm fine in that Irish way. I'm yeah. Fine.
0: Grand. 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 Sure, it's grand. Sure, it's grand. Um, <laughs> so acting primarily, you're an actor, right?
2: Well, I don't know if I am primarily an actor because I've been best known for doing things in Apery Match for many years. So I suppose, does that make me an actor? It kind of makes me more of a comic, really. Mm -hmm. Some people think, some actors think I'm a comic. Right. And some comics think I'm an actor. (laughs) So it's a very very peculiar niche that I exist in. Mm. I think you're right. Uh, Largely, I think I'm a comic actor. But I don't really like these labels because the reality is that life is funny, tragic, Boring and serious all at the same time, mm. and uh, so when people say oh, somebody's a comic actor, you know, is Robert De Niro a comic actor? He can be incredibly funny and incredibly serious all at the same time, okay. Um,
1: but he is a very funny man, you know, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of directors love comic actors, like uh, Vince Gilligan always talks about that, like that's why he hired um, Brian Cranston because if you can do funny you can probably do sad as well would you agree with that
2: i think so yeah because uh, uh, t- absolutely i mean i you know i think all good actors can do can do the various components of what it is to be human i yeah. think you know yeah. mm-hmm. and i mean some people obviously have more of a gift for comedy and for timing than others but i mean all all, all you know what what do they say comedy is tragedy plus time and all that you know it's yeah. Um, Brian Bryan Cranston was he was he well known for? B- oh, he was in Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. wasn't he? He yeah. was. That's
1: mm-hmm. right. So yeah, he wouldn't have seemed like the obvious choice for Breaking Bad. Yeah, but then he can do serious and scary. Everybody
2: so. in, in Breaking Bad uh, mm-hmm. was comic, Uninten- either intentionally or unintentionally comic. Yeah. Every single one of them, mm-hmm. even uh, <laughs> Gustavo Fring. No, <laughs> no, when yeah. he was, you know, about to kill somebody, he was funny. Your infant daughter. <laughs> I love the way he said about. It. He said, um, "The job of the man is to keep on, keep on going, to keep on earning, even when it is not appreciated." I love that term. And I was yeah. wondering, is he married? Is he married in this? Does he have direct experience of it? But as a, as a father, mm-hmm. and as a fifty three year old man. Uh, and married, I realise the even when it's not appreciated part mm. <laughs> is relevant. I think most people will will uh, agree with that. You know? Yeah.
0: So how did it all start for you? Were you trained? Did you did you train when you were younger? Or
2: um, I, I started
0: uh,
2: um, doing voices and taking the piss and doing all that kind of stuff from a very young age when I was in school. And when I was, I kind of became known for it, obviously as people do when they're in school. Or um, a messer? Yeah, a messer. Yeah, and. You kind of get labelled as somebody who's who's good at doing that kind of thing. So, therefore, those voices turn into notions that when you're about, you know, 17 or 18 or 19, they kind of turn into notions that that's what you're going to be right. and that's what you're going to do. And that's fine if, if you can definitely make a living out of it. And it's yeah. fine if some 17-year-old says, I'm going to be a lawyer. Right. Well, the chances are you will be. And, you know, good luck to you and you're a big jag or whatever. Yeah. As my best friend in school who's now a top legal guy, he knew what he was going to do. And I, I kind of felt pushed into this world because it seemed <laughs> like the obvious thing to do. Right. Because... Did you, did you know a, when, you were like,
0: when you were a teenager, did you know, this is what I want to do with my life? When, when did I come out as a comedian? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, no, no, no. I, I, I mean, it didn't dawn on me until I was about 17 that, that I saw a, a thing about... Um, uh, actors, English actors uh, you know, uh, somebody who's like people in their 20s mm-hmm. and they're working in rep, rep yeah, yeah, in yeah. England and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and I thought that seems like a really good idea, it means you can get to play act and uh, and you, you know you, you don't have to face the world in some way because you can, you can be paid for being an actor yeah. and I was most comfortable in a world that, that probably wasn't the real world, a make-believe world, you know um, but then you kind of realise in actual fact that even a make-believe world is really heavily structured and has to be really heavily structured and is, really, is actually as difficult as the real world is in its own way when you're doing acting and comedy.
0: And all the Did concept. Opportunity knock on like those sound effects just then? We have uh, some building work. <laughs> so just, we have no. some building work well, going okay. on next door, guys, okay. just in case you're wondering that's why, of course why, of the why, the why the Satan is knocking on the door there.
2: That's, um, we could be knocking on the door for different reasons. You don't know. Mm.
0: Um, could be opportunity knocking. Who knows? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, people, uh, I, actually, I can't remember the question. What was the question? Did opportunity knock?
0: Uh, yeah, did you have an overwhelming sense of a calling? or right, it, uh, was a, it,
2: was a, it was a calling, yeah. And it was also partially, I have to say, looking back on it, a way of avoiding a kind of reality, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, that's probably true for most people who are engaged in the, in the arts. But it was definitely for me, there was, it seemed like an easier thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's actually a more difficult thing to do. Obviously, you ultimately. don't see that
0: at the time, though, do you? <laughs> no, not when you're
2: not when you're living in a nice house in Hoth and <laughs> in the beach is at the back of your garden, and uh, you're kind of going,
0: yeah, I might become an actor. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know a, a guy who's a who's a who's a lawyer, another lawyer. Who blames you too for making people and bands and probably other people believe that it could actually right. be a career? Yeah, that it was never meant to be a career. It never was a career. Yeah, even huge groups like, um, you know, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin or or Pink Floyd, they actually stopped. You know, they didn't carry it on forever. I mean, yeah. as, as it turns out, they returned to it. Yeah, because that's what they are. But they didn't have you know like when John Bonham the drummer in Led Zeppelin died you know that was it it was finished you know whereas um, you know the the kind of careerist vibe now is like it's uh, you know that you go on like for 40 years but anyway that's a friend he's a punk of course Right? he's a punk rocker uh, but he he said it was all you two's fault (laughs) I can't blame you two for it but but yeah I certainly had notions that maybe you could at a certain age after you know uh, they probably needed to be beaten out of me but they weren't so (laughs) there you go yeah, I'm painting a very negative picture. No, not at all. I I I was in Trinity College, and I I was I was in the acting group there, and Trinity, Trinity players as they were called. And actually, in fact, we used to do shows right across the road
1: from this place, this very place in Lombard Street, and um our. Previous guest was just talking about that. Yeah, it was East Lombard Street. That's right, Right. East
2: Lombard Street. It's literally just over the road beside The Undertakers, where most careers end up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The graveyard of dreams. Um,
2: But uh, Um, I I did quite a lot of stuff in Trinity and and I went from there. And there was quite a few people who wanted to become professional actors
1: and did, actually. Yeah, Um, putting on shows and writing your own stuff as well at that time. Time, right.
2: no. I I wasn't writing my my own stuff really at that stage, and yeah. I didn't I didn't really think about that for quite a long time. I didn't right. really. I mean, I'm sorry, I did think about it, but I I just didn't seem to. Whenever I read anything that I wrote, I just said that's shit. It's utter right. rubbish.
0: Right. Yeah. That never changes, though, does it?
2: Um No. And and just look at some of the stuff I did today. Still <laughs> hasn't changed. No. Uh, yeah, but but I didn't have the confidence to right. at all. Right. Really. Yeah. And so on.
1: and so coming out of Trinity. What what opportunities were there? Like, what was your plan to kind of get work?
2: Um, my, I suppose like most young, like many young actors, uh, certainly uh, of the time, I, 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 I kind of hoped this some vague notion that I, would quote unquote, <laughs> get into films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're still making the films, Gary.
2: Uh, and I remember. We were doing a summer season of a uh, Stephen, B- Stephen Berkhoff playing in Trinity in 1988. And um, uh, there was a film that was being made about people robbing cars, I think. Right. Uh, kids robbing cars. And Bob Geldof was going to direct. Direct? Um, yeah, direct. And uh, there was an, an agent called Hilda Queely. Uh, and she was now a very big Hollywood agent, actually. She was an one, And she was at the show one night. Uh, that we were doing this this show West Uh, and uh, then a couple of days later or the next day whatever the main guy in the show Paul Hickey was called to audition for this right and I remember going when I'm hearing this news and thinking oh shit hang on hang on a sec Paul, Paul Hickey is great that's good grand for Paul so, so, like, is there anyone else, like, in, you know, young men robbing cars? I'm a young man. Like, is there any, you know, n- no. No, he's the only guy who's going, right? right. The uh, and director. So I remember thinking, wow, wow, there's, there's a film about young people robbing cars and I can't get seen for it. Uh, and then a couple of years later, they were doing The Commitments, which was obviously about Northsiders and I was of the age and so on. And I think I was the only person... Who didn't get seen in the? Who didn't get to see the director? And I was, from, I was in the north side of Dublin. I play football. I've done all that, you know what I mean. i was <laughs> <laughs> done all that, and saying and I was having around, and I, you know, had my head kicked in at a bus stop by some lads once, and um, <laughs> I thought I
0: <I'd> qualified. <laughs> but you're not the only I, one who doesn't get called for big gigs. But You'd be glad I,
2: to hear uh, listenership. I, I, apparently, I was too, I think, too middle class to get. To get called and, um, uh, and and a couple of guys who live right across the road from me uh, two of them uh, were, were both in they're both actors and they're both in for the final mix final call they didn't get it but anyway I remember thinking around 1990 wow <laughs> you know you can't get seen for the commitments this is on top of this other film about people nicking cars <laughs> yeah if you can't get seen for films that are made <laughs> in Dublin, about young Dublin people, what the fuck can you get seen for, you know? And then you, and then you'd be called for some something, you know, some um, some character, some fisherman, and you know, from the west of Ireland, and, and you're supposed to relate to that, and you're going, I don't know, I say, oh God, I don't even know. I not even know what a fisherman is. So anyway, no. But anyway, so 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 that was roughly my plan to answer your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it didn't work it out didn't in work the way, right. and I realised mm-hmm. right this is gonna this is gonna be a, a difficult ride. Okay. So it was mainly theatre that I did. Right, and, uh, I was in some big shows. I like saw very good shows with a, a theatre director called um, Joe Darling, who went on to become very big in America, actually, mm. uh, and he'd al- already been the artistic director in the Abbey. And I did I did. June on the Paycock. Yes. I did a show called A Life with him. I did You, you Can't Take It With You. I was in Borsal Boy. Oh, wow. Uh, I was, yeah, there was quite a few shows Quite a few at, at that time. And know, touring so.
1: around with those shows?
2: Uh,
0: I didn't really, Did we didn't tour, actually. Were you in the, the Borsal Boy that was in the Gaiety? I was like in the one?
2: Borsal Boy was in the Gaiety in 1989, actually, yeah. Okay. And I was supposed to be in the next one, but I couldn't do it. Because mm. I'd, I'd actually, t- I was in... In around 93, 94, I kind of took up a t- sort of time out, uh, out of acting. Right. Because I kind of thought, this is too, it's too difficult, really. I'll try and do something else. So I was working actually in RT in the sports department. Okay. I was doing a, a sports bulletins. Oh, right. yeah, Okay. And uh, I was supposed to be in Borsaloo again, but I couldn't, I couldn't fix, the, I couldn't reconcile the two things. Both, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I was doing sports bulletins on Saturdays and Sundays. My Saturday sports bulletin started off with um, well, it's a big day in soccer. And they had to say English <laughs> soccer. It was always English soccer. There right, like yeah, any it was the Barclays Premiership at that stage. Yeah. And you were told in no uncertain terms, you don't mention Barclays Premiership. Right. It's English soccer. Right. Like a really foreign yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And and um then on Sunday it was well, good afternoon. Well, it's a big day in GAA. <laughs> that was... Uh, I got done, really, in RT, for in the sports department, for not being a GAA head. Right. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know anything about me. They were very uncomfortable with that. Um, I wasn't a member of the NUJ, the National Union of Journalists, at that right. time, which is a big thing. Right. Um, and I'd just done a few uh, uh, reports, football reports, for Daryl Maloney, actually, was in FM 104 at the time. Okay. So that was, and, the, and then I sent in a demo type into RT. They happened to need somebody and I got the job. Yeah. But but some of the rank and file in there weren't too keen on that. And when they realized that I, m- I made a mistake on Arabic, uh, it was the equivalent of not knowing who, I don't know, somebody like Ron Atkinson was, you know, right. yeah. uh, just somebody really big. Yeah. Uh, a, um, you know, like a, a Jerlock Nan type, right. I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't know who they were. And it was sacrilegious
0: clear. at the time, so kind of thing.
2: Absolutely, you know, it was enough to. But they kept me on for nine months, and mm-hmm. they were kind of. I was. I was really getting quite good at it, I was really getting. Yeah. And all that, but then they decided. They decided that um, they're going to. They're under pressure to bring a woman into the, in the into the sports department at that time, mm. and uh, I lost to her. Okay. Uh, and so on, which I, which, which you know. Is the way it goes, yeah, but strangely, today I got an email. <laughs> I got an email from somebody today saying that, um, yeah, this gig that you are going to be seeing, em- um, that they, they, they've actually decided to the go. The client feels what well, the client feels that they've had men for the last 29 years and they want to go for a woman, <laughs> so I can't get into the commitments or
1: or this anyway. So, so, um, and were you into sports or was it just for the gig that you got into it? No, I wasn't into sport. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well,
2: I'm into uh, English Protestant sports. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I was into football or soccer. Yeah. English soccer, mainly. My mate uh, played for League of Ireland, actually. Okay. So I used to go to see him a bit. So I'd like, I, I love, it. I love yeah. football. I'd watch any football, yeah. anyone playing football. But specifically, I was interested in uh, uh, premiership football, um, tennis, golf, uh, rugby, um and
1: uh, cricket, yeah,
2: all of the garrison games, yeah, yeah. all garrison games, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that also worked against me right. at that time. There's no question about it. So the nineties, Sport, sports were
1: of all sorts,
2: quack
0: quack 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 Well, you
2: really needed to be somebody who was talking about. Listen, let me tell you, Kilmacud yeah. croaks and talking about guys like right. you know, good yeah, graph going yeah. down there, there.
0: good uh, young panel coming through. Uh,
2: absolutely, <laughs> all of that speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of which I had absolutely none. Right, yeah, yeah. um, but uh, anyway, it was I uh, quite enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Quite enjoy the job. It was quite a pressurized job. Mm. I mean, it mightn't seem that way, but in yeah. actual, when, any deadline, when you've got a deadline, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, no matter how, how, how easy it seems, it's okay. pressurised.
0: How did you claw your way back into the acting light?
2: Um, in, uh, interesting question. You're on the ball. I was still friendly with quite a lot of act, acting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and I think my, my, my leaving that world was kind of slightly uncomfortable to some of them. The kind they kind of they mischief. Well, they just didn't really think that anyone should be allowed to do that. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I also held various other positions at that time too. <laughs> I'll have you know, I was driving a van at one point. Uh, I was, uh, I was. My dad gave me a, a the contract to move his company's, uh, you know, courier move the, be their courier basically, right. but not as a direct employee as somebody as somebody who'd set up a business. Yeah. So he'd learn about business mate. <laughs> My son would finally learn About how to do something <laughs> And uh, so I was a cuddier yeah. I got to know West Dublin very well uh, The industrial estates Of the Long Mile Road Etc, etc <laughs> And actually at the time I was going to go What am I driving a fucking van for I'm, a, I'm an actor, I'm an artist mm. Mm. should be a rock star <laughs> Whatever uh, and uh, but looking back on it actually I really enjoyed the job right um, it was kind of fun yeah and it was much easier to drive uh, around those days it was much less motorways yeah. and
1: and it just wasn't. I'd you could kind of do it. your own thing. And I, I and could kind of do my
2: own thing. I did my own thing too much. And um, I think my, by, the, by the end of it, my dad was saying, is it true that you're refusing to do certain jobs and go certain places? No, not at all. Said, no, not at all, which is totally true. It was totally true. <laughs> Fuck off, I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm going back into the acting. So, uh, yeah, so in the late 1990, 1995... And that was all going along fine. There around '97, I started to get a bit yucky y- 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 again with it. And it was, yeah. I mean, I was working, but it was very hard to make any money. It is very hard to make any money. And it was kind of sustaining myself and voiceovers, and which paid well. There was quite a lot of voiceovers in those days. Although, mm. um, nowadays, it's, it's so much digital stuff and, and so price much, dumping. Um,
0: Everybody's price yeah, dumping. You price
2: dumping—that's a good word, isn't it? You <laughs> like that anything that with dumping in it it's never a positive thing is it? No. <laughs> yeah, no yeah yeah so so uh, and i i'd actually got a, a terrible uh, prolapsed disc in my back which has knocked me out for about 3 months and uh, i could barely move right and it was that it was then that i got i got i got a call i got the call um, not to be in the commitments too but uh, to be in that very <laughs> match actually okay so and that then started the following summer and it
0: kind of took off what year? What year was that?
2: Ninety-eight. Okay. So it took. It was. It was strange because in those days everybody watched television. Yeah. Um. People watched. Um. You know the football. The football was. They did talk about it a lot, but but it was over. Sometimes zero off air within fifteen minutes or less. Right. So we were on quite quickly after matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, in fact, uh, and sometimes even before the end of broadcasts. So 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 the first broadcast which went out in nineteen ninety eight, which wasn't a particularly good sketch. It was way too long. Right. Uh, and all that. But but the viewing audience was just really big. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody knew knew about it. Whereas nowadays you could be banging away doing stuff on RT for, you know, in fact, at any station, they'd be going, mm-hmm. what, what are you yeah. doing? I haven't seen you in anything. Yeah. Or have yeah. you done anything in years? And you go, you've just done a six-part series. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't see any of it. Is it on the player? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. In those yeah. days, it was re- life was just more centralised. It
0: was yeah. just
1: before the... Kind of computer and R-
0: Angelus, kind of thing. It was it all after the Angelus. Okay, um, <laughs> um, were you all
1: kind of cast, or was it like, was it like RT? We we want to do a comedy sports thing in your cast, and then how did it involve that you kind of started writing it? And you know, um,
2: restart uh, and Barry have been doing stuff okay in, in Euro 96. Okay, uh, so they already the head of the department is a guy called Tim O'Connor who was. Uh, a slightly irreverent character who sort of spoke like that. And uh is I don't give a fuck what you do, so long as it's fucking entertaining. And that's, <laughs> he was a true maverick and uh, an extraordinary character, really. And, you know, he managed, see, he, he bought in Dunphy years ago. He worked very closely at Dunphy, so they are very close. Right. And Johnny Giles as well. So they they kind of owed their existence in many ways to to him. Okay. Uh and you know he was uh you would not take Tim O'Connor on right in in a hurry. Yeah. He would make bits of you effortlessly. Yeah. And mm. I think a lot of people he was very bright, he was very smart, very charismatic, all of those things. So he protected us. He could push all this stuff through and he could say to Jazy or Dunphy, yeah, That this that right batch shit. People seem to fucking like it. So what's going on? And there's nothing they could do about it. Right. Did
0: they take umbrage at any point? Uh,
2: you, would you uh, Dunphy? Yeah, initially Dunphy didn't like it. He wasn't working on RT in '98. Uh, he was.
0: Oh, he went to TV3 for a while. Didn't he? Or was no. that that was later, wasn't it? Sorry.
2: Oh, was there, he was on the radio uh, and uh, he had his radio show, The Last Word, and he was going on. He was, and there was loads of debates about Après Match uh, on his show. So I, I'd gone from, you know, lying with a prolapse disc, you know, thinking my, my career is finished here. I'm just a, a no one actor to Dunphy talking about my impression of Johnny Giles on his radio show, which is kind of quite, quite, a, quite entertaining for me from a purely uh, from a pure ego level. What I remember has the guy, the guy, the guy, the guy doing Giles, the guy doing Giles, I was watching this thing for 10 days. And I didn't even know who he was supposed to be doing. And now someone says, it's Sean Shaz. Sean Shaz, This stuff is undergraduate. <laughs> he knew he knew how to pick words that were kind of really bite. Uh, so he didn't like it at that time. And then Gilesy, I remember one day I used the word arse and bollocks in a sketch. So you're talking to the bottom of your arse as Gilesy. And he came in, he wasn't happy at all. He says, you've been a naughty boy there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had a very threatening quality to him, John Johnson, really? huh? He's
0: such a small man. I met him, I couldn't believe it. And it but he was lovely to him. I, I met him at, at an event, just as an aside there quickly. Um, and I'm not really one for photos, but I'm trying to get the holy trinity of Giles Dumphy and Brady. Yeah. But um, I met him. Uh, the unholy trinity. The, yeah, yeah, the unholy trinity. But I, I met him at like some uh, corporate event type thing, and I had to go up and get a photograph for him just to show my old man because my old man's a massive fan of both of them, obviously. And I says, uh, uh, "John, um, my dad's a he's, he's, he's a really big fan." And he goes, "He's great, taste, hey, son. He's great, taste." <laughs> the class, well, class is permanent. I couldn't believe it.
2: Well, after. I suppose about it took about 17 or 18 years of doing that very much stuff. Um, Giles he eventually started talking to me about football. You came really? around, you did. I mean, rather, when you talk to Giles about football, and he's fascinating to listen because he knows some obviously so much about it, and he is, as Dunphy said, he's peerless. <laughs> Peer, does he, he does, Dunphy, doesn't really mean that because that implies Dunphy is not as good as Giles. I yeah. don't believe Dunphy for a minute believes that he doesn't know as much as Giles does, uh, but. Jaws, you would talk to, you. And, I, and I got to the point where I could get an interjection of maybe three to five seconds. At one, you know, in the right. forty minutes that he was talking about football, yeah. well, that was doing well. Yeah. And the reason the reason why he, he he warmed to me a bit was because I said all the right things, uh, which was you know uh, uh, that when you looked at Jaws' play, he really was a living manifestation of everything he was demanding in other midfielders. You know, he was always there. He was always supporting the play. He was always just where he needed to be, he was always bringing people into the game, he was always playing the right kind of pass you know, he, he was just running it and mm-hmm. running it really, really effectively, even in matches where Leeds lost or whatever he was, you know, and, and I told him that and <laughs> that that was enough to to make God, he's only <laughs> you can't do me, but he's only <laughs> uh, but, but he, if you look at any of his stuff on, on YouTube and if you're a midfield player, I really Um, I'd I'd say, look at Giles. He is, until he reminds me of a lot, is, um, what's going on, a modern version of him is uh, Luka Modric. Mm. Uh, He's, I think Luka Modric is probably quicker. Mm. um, He's so mobile and and, and agile in that way. But they're very similar players. Uh, And the there's, very, there's been very few of them in history, mm. actually. And when when Dovey says about Giles, Giles that he was one of the best players, one of the best midfielders ever, I mean, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, he was... And he knew
1: how to take care of himself. <laughs> As we know. <laughs> and... Uh, did Was, like, World Cups and European... Are they your kind of... Do you really look forward to them? Or is uh, it a lot of work?
2: <laughs> uh, no, there is there is uh, quite a lot of work in it and all that. But it, it's easier when... Well, sadly, with Bill passing and, 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 mm-hmm. and just with the new kind of – the energy of that stuff has is, is slightly dissipated. So, like, more recently, when, when we did stuff this summer, we had to do we, – we, we, we did a lot of – we did other sports. You know, we kind of – Sky sports. Sky, stuff, you know, yeah, we did sky golf. We did some sky tennis. There was mm-hmm. a sketch that we did at uh, Dunfigo. Yes, Yes to the vest. Yeah. Where he yeah. was trying on a, you know, and the, like a lot, of, <laughs> was a lot of women watching it who, who would have no interest in that being my now,
0: kind of going, I love your venables, by the way. Your venables is so Right, right.
2: Yeah. He's, he's an old man now, unfortunately. Right. And uh, this is another thing that happens. You grow older than you're, uh, you, you, grow, you grow old, the people you impression grow old. Right. And all of a sudden they're, you know, like uh, doing even something like Alex Ferguson now is. You know, I mean, it, it just feels out of date. You mm-hmm. know, right. so I turn up I should do, but I think it's fantastic. quote, but we play It's like, right? And people kind of go, "That's kind of amusing enough," and all that, but it's just old, right now, and, yeah. and that is a problem. Right. Right? And you get older, and then some people. That you're trying to do impressions of are much much younger than you. Right. What do you, what what do you feel
0: about these young kids coming up, these Al-4ans and
2: <clears throat> Yeah, they're some. Of them, they're good, they're very good impressionists. they they're, they're really really good. The problem for everybody is, I mean, like with me, there was with us, there was you know, um, Mario was doing it. Mm-hmm. Then Oliver Callan came along, mm-hmm. and then. Um, uh, uh, now these Al and and there's another guy who's done done stuff. What's his name? He's he's got a big contract doing American doing golf in America. Oh, I know the guy you're talking um, about. I can't think of his name mm-hmm. Good luck to them. The you know the the only the only thing is like it's it's the reinvention of it. Particularly if you're on your own, mm-hmm. it's reinventing that stuff and coming at it from different angles because you can only come at stuff from a, a kind of. First angle once, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. like you never get a second chance to make a first impression type vibe, and and that's so. After a few years, they they they've got to keep on reinventing it, and that's difficult. Mm. Um, so my advice is to make sure you work with. If you don't write yourself, if you've got that kind of ability, work with a writer and find ways of structuring it, and and that that would be my advice. And take a long term picture of it. Mm-hmm. And make sure you get a live show that you can do in fifty years time, if it needs to be, because you re- you know, it's it's it, there there will be, what's the word, uh, oscillations in in your career and all that. But mm-hmm. all these guys, yeah, I, there's a lot of good impressionists out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, you know, who work in offices and everything. They they
1: they, they do their impression of Al Pacino or whoever. And it's really good. <laughs> what how important is that? Chemistry, the chemistry that you guys have.
2: Well, it is easier with, for us in, in terms of ha- having three people, so you can do sketches in a format. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, and the chemistry between us can be very good or is good. Uh, it doesn't mean that every sketch is good, but but yeah, that is something we have that, that they wouldn't have. But um, mm-hmm. I, d- I, d- you know, I, d- I don't really feel like I can. Com- I'm competing with them at all. They probably don't. Yeah, I presume they don't feel the same way they're much younger fellas <laughs> <laughs> good luck
1: and what like what would be the most challenging thing about uh, Match is it that thing of trying to be relevant all the time
2: yeah trying to be relevant trying to trying to agree in what's what's the best approach and yeah that's true of anyone doing anything you know fully grown adults doing creative stuff together is yeah. you know at times it's a miracle that anything happens yeah um, but 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 then there, there's times when 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 we're all absolutely just naturally going in the right direction and we do fire off each other well, but I mean we we, we don't work all the time. We used to work a lot more together than we do now. We only work every couple of. Years. Well, we I suppose we did a TV show in in 2015, uh, and then we also did a TV show in 2016, and we did the world the European champ, Championships and then we did a show in. Seventeen. So we've actually done yeah. a lot of a lot of work recently. But but um, anyway, it's uh, to answer your question. It can be very difficult, yeah, or not, and it can be very rewarding. I mean, ask any group of guys.
0: Yeah. Ba- you know, I don't. Yeah. Know, did you ever play in bands? When I was a kid, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a team player. <laughs> <Are you not? laughs> I'm kidding. I am, yeah, yeah. But never in a band. No. See, you
2: know, well, you know, uh, I noticed it. It exists in bands as well. People arguing about stuff. If yeah. you say to a guitar player. Yeah, I don't think it goes that way, man. You know, it's just, uh, I think it's more goes to the A. What do you mean it goes to the fucking A? It doesn't. It goes fucking B and then E minor and then it goes to the A. You know, I know that, but it's a, it, there's, a, there's a hiatus in the beat. That fucking hiatus, me bollocks, right? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You said I could swear. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just telling you what it's really like, you know, so it exists. It's not plain
0: sailing. It's not all you two.
2: Well, by other accounts, they had plenty of scraps as well. I think you two are a classic uh, group of people who are who are actually calibrated to be able to work together.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's a rare Aaron
2: Or well, You've got an a, a, a extreme extroverted character and then you've got a totally introverted character in, in Bond on the Edge. Mm. It is kind of fire and water or whatever, air and something. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then nice. you've got Adam, it's kind of like the bass player, he's all glue, you know, they're glue in a group and mm. you need glue. Mm. Yeah, uh, and uh, if you don't have glue, the, the the group will just fall apart. You know? <laughs> and do you have say Would, you have, Larry. A,
1: would you have a director? <laughs> Likes hitting things.
2: He's very good at hitting. Would so you have hits.
1: a director working with you, or are you kind of left to do? No, your own we've thing? always we, we've we've had TV directors
2: and other kind of thing mm. Uh, go And you'd be going through shots with them and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we haven't had it sort of in a show yeah, where yeah. the director's kind of going, you stand over there and what you come over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that would work.
1: That's pretty cool, though, that you have that, is you allowed that freedom.
2: Yeah, but th- then again, I mean, that stuff can get, you know, attention to detail and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is what very often makes stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things about theater and a lot of theater isn't particularly interesting or good because mm-hmm. theater is incredibly difficult to make. It's a lot of it's well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but, you know, yourself, you go to see a lot of shows and you're thinking, you know, the the, the the it's not great. But the one thing that they all have generally is that they're all committed and well, re- well rehearsed. People know what they're trying to do and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really admire that about theater. I think theater is the most rewarding form that there can be, but the most difficult the most difficult to get right
0: yeah you know when it's when it's tra- it's transcendental when it's when it's great but when it's mm. bad it's it is what it is
2: exactly and and uh, i mean but i think a lot of theater shows you, you see a lot of people you, know, you get a lot of actors who never go to theater <laughs> don't like theater <laughs> they go, don't like shows. Uh, and all that, but but by the way, if anybody is playing and being an actor, you got to go to shows. Yeah. You've got to have an opinion, and it's got to be. Uh, don't isolate yourself, because if you look like you're not really committed to the overall vibe, you, you, they'll hate you. You know, if you look like you're thinking, I'm I'm sort of better than this. Mm. I'm not really part of this. That's how you'll be treated. You know, mm. and uh, uh, there has to be an embracing of the fact that you're... Listen, you're in the arts. You're being dumped on anyway, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're not in the money market, so you might as well... Surrender so.
0: yourself to the wave. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Um, um,
0: yeah. What advice would you give to, you know, 17, 18-year-old Gary Cook? Uh,
2: do uh, do better in your leaving. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I'd say... If somebody wanted to be an actor, or just generally in life,
0: well, I suppose to you know, yeah, well, career, yeah,
1: career-wise,
2: career-wise, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say, well, you do have to tra- You do have to kind of get trained. I was in the Gate School of Acting for a while, although that's not really, you know, it was it was a, it was a short form course. You do need to be. Tr- you do need to train, uh, and 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 training just grounds you. And gives you, it's like anything, it grounds you in in theory and grounds you in approach and it gives you a box of tricks, I suppose. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. But you've still got to go out there. And once you're out there and you're you're trying to get work, I would say to anybody, um, try a whole lot of things within that world. If you're an actor, don't just say I'm going to be an actor because you don't actually know there might be something else you're interested in as well. Like, you might be interested in being a director. You might find producing is interesting. You might find lighting is interesting to you. Or sound. Or stage management. If you're any good as a stage manager, there's all sorts of gigs, and not just in the world of theatre. Now, I know it might sound like a come down for somebody who's going, oh, I'm going to be an actor. Or, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a fantastic actor, and I'm going to emote in ways that are so led. <laughs> So very learned, right? And that's and you're kind of thinking that about yourself. And so you're thinking, what? And this fucker saying, become a stage manager. What are you on? But my advice is, when you're young enough, try all of those different things and get different perspectives of all of those different things. Because, mm-hmm. because you you just might find that it opens it up and makes you it makes you you just become much more aware of, of more stuff and you develop in, in ways that you might find. Uh, you know, you you might find that it it leads you on to something else, and you realize actually, you know, I didn't really want to be an actor, or I didn't want to be an actor enough. Do you know what I mean? So I would try all of those things, and also have um, you know, have a plan in terms of you, you're going to have to make money in another way as well. <laughs> yeah, there's all yeah. this digital mm-hmm. stuff now for this generation for for uh, of which I'm way too old. But 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 you know how 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 that's used, and and how you're going to have to be fluent in all of that, and. And also, uh, you know, find another way. You know, learn skills that, that that will help you not just earn money, but also be a better actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go and work in obviously bars, restaurants, whatever. Go and be a doorman somewhere. Learn, see human nature. Go and work in a shop. There's a woman I know who's um, who, who's she's quite a successful uh, in the corporate world. Anyway, she she grew up in a folks at a news agency in Malahide, mm-hmm. and she was telling me she learned everything by the age of fifteen. She knew a lot about human nature. By 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 people coming into that to that shop. So I'd say if you do jobs as well that the, the the people watch. And yeah, you're not above
0: any of those things.
2: Well, you're going to be portraying some of those things if you have if you get work. So yeah. so, but, but it also you're going to need those skills because you're going to be out of work as well. I've heard of one top Dublin actor. I don't know. I don't know him, so I won't name him. But I heard that as soon as he stops working, he's off. Uh, following his career as some kind of restaurant waiter manager guy and he's really, really good at that as well.
1: Right,
0: why not?
2: Because obviously he has to be so don't just lie in bed and kind of go, fuck it, I'm not working and, and go to the pub exactly, which is very alluring and I really enjoyed doing it for the eight years I did it <laughs> um, but it didn't help me and it won't help you <laughs> also have rich parents not yeah. kind of moderately well-off parents <laughs> who kind of have got steady jobs I mean old really
1: money parents. Rich, old so. money that's <laughs> going to be your money <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay. what um, what What are you up to what's next what's going on uh, work-wise or what are you involved in I know obviously you've just done a show with Peter Sheridan The Bean Show uh, what's next work-wise for you um, I am um,
2: Working on, I'm working on a one-man show actually. Which when is this show going out? By the way, isn't that A
0: couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. We'll time it very nicely for when you need it.
2: Yeah, I'm working <laughs> on a one-man show. No, the, the next show I'm doing is a show in the Viking Theatre at Christmas, just after Christmas. Okay. Uh, and then I'm working on a one-man show
0: in the same theatre. Uh, We're doing wonderful work there There's some great stuff Absolutely yeah like it's that. a really
2: good hub uh, for uh, and Andy and Laura who, who run the place it, it, you know it's a huge it's a huge uh, it's avenue um for 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 work mm-hmm. for people because you know unless you're on the kind of the abbey formerly the, the theater that was known as the gate <laughs> if you're on that mailing list yeah you but know, like it's where do you work mm. mm-hmm or where do you get you know it's 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 so um
0: it's cold on the fringes
2: yeah absolutely but it's a great it's a lovely theater mm-hmm. and it's great to get in and out of it's easy to get in and out of particularly if from the north side.
0: it's getting out there now uh
2: yes yeah, so so um and you're doing a bit of
0: uh, doing a little bit of teaching as well
2: I am I teach in actually you know because it's your place <laughs> uh, so I don't know <laughs> um I am doing uh, I've started um, doing a little bit. Of, um, I wouldn't really call it teaching. Facilitating. It's facilitating, mm-hmm. facilitating. And I know I'm very interested in in that area and, and learning more of that, learning about how to do that and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some teaching before, but I prefer to call it facilitation. Okay. As opposed to, you must say the line like this. You must stand like this. What are you doing? That's not acting. That's schmacting. Do the right thing, Christ, (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Why do they all sound English? They all sound (laughs) because they
0: all do. Um, Yeah, we're gonna f and i people keep an eye out on the f and i group. We're going to be running some public courses uh, with Gary uh, for actors for doing the acting for doing a bit of the acting.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And you know, improv and comedy improv. I mean, uh, what, what what I like to. What I'm hoping for is is just that it opens up people's creativity and opens up, uh, it it opens up themselves to themselves and the possibilities within themselves. Mm-hmm. I hate to see people who feel they can't do certain stuff or they can't whatever about achieving in the, in the real world. That's so much up to you. And it's it's it's, but certain. But from your own perspective of of, of pushing yourself in different directions and opening. Making discoveries, I suppose, is really, is really what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm hoping that it will be a creative hub for people with, with uh, their own ideas. And if somebody has a, an idea for a show, that they'd come down and share it and say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, once you get a few uh, brainstorm stuff with a few people, then um, I think it's it can be really... You, you can learn so much so quickly and and, mm-hmm. and and all that. That's what I'm hoping that it is. And obviously that I um, have... Twenty-four of them around the country within a couple of years, franchise, and yeah, yeah and uh, that the main base is in Barbados, <laughs> and, uh, and for the final, uh, for the final uh, trimester, uh, you will come over to Barbados where my house is, <laughs> and that's only fifteen thousand euro. The rest of the course is a five in a week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Very good. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for coming in. No worries. Your okay.
2: Thanks a million. Thank you very much for having me.